You're listening to Marcus Sahaba online radio podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned in to Marcus Sahaba online and it's a beautiful beautiful Tuesday afternoon. I'm your host Yusuf Ali and you are listening to the afternoon drive with me at the studio is brother Lukola Maju the humanitarian and inshallah together we will be bringing you as much as we can as far as islamic media goes and we are so happy we are so happy today that uh, it's complete cloud cover here in lanesia and we're all waiting for those few droplets of rain we're all waiting well i'll be honest we already had a few droplets of rain over the weekend and a few days ago i want the big rain on the big rain inshallah but not too much that then we all stuck we can't go anywhere or anything like that but just right allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows which is the best and um inshallah we hope that allah ta'ala gives us we hope that Allah Ta'ala gives us some nice, nice, nice rain and uh, it cools us down because today really it was, it might have been cloudy but for some odd reason it was still absolutely, absolutely hot outside. I took a walk uh, to the mall and I needed to buy some stuff. You see the, the benefit of, I don't know if it's the benefit or the disadvantage of staying close to the mall is when the wife needs something, then you can't say, ah, it's too far or anything like that. You have to put on your shoes and you have to trek to that mall. And you have to get it. So today I had to go buy tomatoes and lettuce and carrots and all of that things. And uh, anyways, it was quite hot. Really, it was quite hot. The moment I stepped out of the house, I was like, yowzers. It's absolutely hot. Even though there's cloud cover, I looked up into the sky. But it's uh, the month of October, not yet December. I'm starting to wonder what's December going to be like, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba. If uh, it's only October and it's already feeling so hot, but we make dua. We make dua that Allah Ta'ala bless us with rain. Gauteng needs rain. We need a lot of rain because uh, we have this, um, we, we have this, uh, uh, not drought, but the, 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 the level at the Valdem is currently sitting at 50% if I'm not mistaken, around 50%. And we're not getting any water from uh, our normal suppliers. So we have to go to our divine supplier. And that is none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's make dua that we get some nice rain in this coming few days, inshallah. Even if it means we don't have to go fishing. I know I'm a bit selfish, but the only thing I think about when I think about the Val Dam and the shortage of water and the dirtiness of the water and the Val River, I think of fishing. I know it's very selfish of me, but uh, Allah Ta'ala forgive us, inshallah, for being so selfish. But we really, really uh, do hope that the people in the Val River area uh, get better water, get better water facilities, inshallah, because it is really getting hectic, you know. Uh, when you look at the challenges they face and when you look at all the difficulties they're going through. A friend of mine came from Farinachan over the weekend and he showed me a video. He went to the Val River and it was full of poo. And he, and he wasn't even joking when he said that. I thought he meant like dirt. But uh, I don't know if I could use a more mature yet less vulgar word. But really, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. 
But anyways, inshallah, let's talk about what's coming up on the program today. The first hour, remember, we keep it in uh, current affairs. We give you news, current affairs, financials as well. Four o'clock is our news with Alphys and Corsi. Then we head over to our special segment. It is Inspirational Tuesdays with Sheikh Sahir Mahmoud today. Uh, then we will be having none other uh, then Mufti Muhammad Akko of Darul Ulum Newcastle with the stories of the Sahaba. We have our kitab reading today focusing on the virtues of the Noble Quran. Mufti A.K. Hussein with the daily Nasiha. And then our one minute madrasa. One minute madrasa. Not so one minute madrasa, but we learn from it anyways. And then we head over to Ladysmith for our national Nasiha. And it's done by Mulana Yusuf Saylor today. So there's lots to look forward to in Merkis Sahaba Online. But right now, let's jump straight into the news and let's jump what's happening uh, around the world. And let's start in Africa. Now, I got more depressing news for you, dear listeners of Merkis Sahaba Online. Nigerian police have rescued 67 people from inhumane conditions at what is termed to be an Islamic school. Now, police in northern Nigeria rescued nearly 70 men and boys from a second purported Islamic school where they were shackled and subjected to inhuman and degrading treatment. The raid in Katsina, the northwestern home state of President Muhammadu Bahari, has came less than a month after about 300 men and boys were freed from another supposed Islamic school in the neighboring Kaduna state where they were allegedly tortured and sexually abused. And... Um, Katsina police spokesperson Sanusi Buba says that the course of the investigation, 67 persons from the ages of 7 to 40 years were found shackled with chains and the victims were also found to have been subjected to various inhumane and degrading treatments. Now the raid occurred on the 12th of October in Sabon Garin in the Daura local government area of Katsina state. Now police issued a statement saying that they were working to reunite the victims with their families and Lawal Ahmed, a 33-year-old who was held captive, said he witnessed assault, sexual assault, beatings and the death of other captives during uh, his two years there. And he says they were just beating, abusing and punishing them every day with the name of teaching them. And he said through tears, adding that they are not teaching them for the sake of Allah. Uh, police arrested one man, 78-year-old Malim Bello Abdullahi Umar, for running what they call an illegal detention remand home. Uh, Islamic schools known as Al-Majiris are common across mostly Muslim north of Nigeria. Uh, Muslim rights concern a local organization estimates about 10 million children attend them. In June, President Buhari himself, a Muslim, said the government planned to ban the schools but would not do so immediately. After the incident in Kaduna, the president issued a statement calling on traditional authorities to work with the government to expose unwanted cultural practices that amount to abuse of children. Now, this is absolutely shocking because nowhere in Islam do we hear of practices like this, even if it comes to teaching Islam. And it's starting to worry now in our previous interview in Nigeria regarding this. We were hoping, we were hoping that any more schools get uncovered, but we we're also hoping that we don't hear of news like this, meaning that uh, there weren't any schools like this left in Nigeria. But it looks like... Uh, this one has come to a bit of a blow and put us in a bit of a dampener. Let's welcome on the line. We're heading over to Nigeria now and we're speaking to Professor Ishaq Akintola, the Director of Muslim Rights Concerning Nigeria. Professor Ishaq, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and thank you for joining us. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are most welcome. 
Professor, very, very sad news indeed. Another school or another supposed Islamic school uh, has been uncovered uh, and 67 people have been rescued. What is happening? Are these, are these actual Islamic schools in Nigeria? What are these schools all about? Um, the, the issues involved are deeper than that. Uh, those, who, those who uncover the school uh, sometimes do not have the patience to make inquiries and to listen to explanations concerning what those schools are about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the school they are talking about it's a, it's a rehabilitation center. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is the, there is this widespread uh, distribution of drugs, and youth are, are deeply involved in taking drugs. Uh, youth are widely involved in being misled by miscreants, and. Um, some, some parents who are concerned look around for where to do rehabilitation where their children can be reformed. Mm-hmm. Some of these centers some of these centers are often uh, um, approached by the parents and they put their children there for some time and maybe for a year or two so that they could be reformed. And and I think after that, the children change for better. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this is some of the centers, some of the places where um, uh, people give information, wrong information, that they are Islamic schools and that uh, people were being enslaved there or they were being tortured. Whereas nothing of such uh, is uh, actually going on there. These are rehabilitation centers and those children... Um, are being disciplined for uh, in order to change them, in order to reform them, and finally for them to get rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. So, why are Thank they you. referring it to Islamic schools? Why are they saying that these are Islamic schools, and these people are caught in this manner? Why? Why what? Why? Well, uh, media is reporting it as uh, Islamic school. What, what? What is the reason for them? Calling it Islamic schools is it uh, re- you, like we establishing thank now that? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You see, there is Islamophobia mm-hmm. all over the world, and anything negative is being uh, related or connected to Muslim and Islam. That's exactly what happened. In particular, the, the there is uh, a sector of the Nigerian press that is always interested in smearing the good name of Islam mm-hmm. and the Muslims. And that is why whenever anything bad occurs, they want to attribute it to Islam and to the Muslims. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what is happening. It is smear, it's a smear campaign. It's a negative propaganda against the good name of the Muslims and Islam in general. Definitely, I have to agree with you, and uh, it's quite sad indeed. 
to hear this is the manner in which the press are behaving and uh, calling this a Muslim school when in fact isn't and just a rehabilitation center. And what are the, the reactions of Nigerians on the ground, Nigerian Muslims on the ground, who are obviously aware that this is a smear campaign against Muslims and this is a smear campaign to tarnish the name of Islam? What's the reactions of Nigerian Muslims there to uh, defend this? Of course, Nigerian Muslims do their best uh, to to keep the country informed, to keep the citizens informed concerning the truth behind such a, such attempt. And uh, it takes maybe two, three days before the correct information goes around, and then the, the security agencies uh, will hands off. This is what usually happens, you know, when. Uh, Allegations are made. Those who are being alleged have, are they aware of what is what is going to happen? It is those who have the bad intention to damage your name who know what they want to do. And it, after information has gone round that those who have to prove otherwise will uh, that's when they will speak up. Mm-hmm, definitely. And uh, recently, I think less than a month ago, we heard about uh, 300 men uh, freed from another, uh, and they're calling that an Islamic school as well. Was that an Islamic school, or was that also a rehabilitation center? You are referring to the one in, uh, with, I think, Katina Okano. Yes, yes. But they are all, yes, they are rehabilitation centers, not an Islamic school per se. But of course, the fact that those who are who are running it are Muslims, that's why they call it an Islamic school. I mean, but not only because of that, but because they have another reason for their smear campaign, and they want to uh, they want to they want uh, negative information, negative news, uh, fake news, hate speech uh, to go out to the world about Muslims. Very, very sad indeed. But uh, definitely uh, have to get to the bottom of this. I'm actually glad uh, that we are speaking to you now, Professor Ishaq, to get uh, the clear and true message of exactly what is happening and uh, this being purported to be Islamic schools, but not so much, and assigned, attributed uh, to the owners who happen to have Muslims' names or maybe happen to be Muslims. Uh, but really it is said indeed, even though it is uh, said to see uh, those people uh, who have been held uh, and who have been rescued. Uh, have you been in any contact? Or what is local media saying about those people who have been rescued? And what's their reactions to this rehabilitation centers? Are they citing anti-Islam? Or are they saying that it is this rehabilitation center which has caused these atrocities? Hello, come again. Is that another question? Uh, yes, I'm asking about the people that have been released uh, from these centers or have been rescued from these centers. Are they saying, are these people who have been released to local media, are they saying that it is an Islamic school or also uh, saying that it is a rehabilitation center that has committed these abuses? Well, if I get your question right, I told you that um, uh, uh, they have, even the state government, the Cardinal state government and the Kano state government, have both convinced the police, the security agencies, that these places are rehabilitation centers. The government was not carried along before the raid 
took place. And that was what caused uh, the, the, the misinformation and misunderstanding. So thank you. Well, definitely. And uh, we say Jazakallah khair to you, uh, Professor Ishaq, for speaking to us and clarifying this very important Amin, interview. Amin, this is uh, an, uh, important that we get this word out, that it is not, in fact, Islamic schools. It is rehabilitation centers. Professor, we say Jazakallah khair to you, and we wish you all the best you in the future. You are most welcome. You are most welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There you have it, dear listeners of Merka Sahaba Online. Media reporting it. This is the second time media is reporting that uh, this is atrocities which is taking place in what they're saying, an Islamic school. But uh, is it really an Islamic school? Does this captivity, does this abuse speak in line with what our Nabi Wasallam has taught us? Definitely not. So you start to question what is happening here and we see uh, just the names of people happen to be uh, Muslim. They are now attributing it to Islamic schools. Very shocking indeed and very sad indeed uh, to see media portrayed in this way and to see uh, what uh, it, it, it's been broadcast about but that's what the purpose of Islamic media is all about this is what the purpose of programs like Merkaz Sahaba Online is all about and radio stations like Merkaz Sahaba Online where we uncover the truth and uh, we say Jazakallah Khair to Professor for speaking to us and clarifying that very important information indeed Right, uh, let's move on, inshallah. This pod, this uh, program, you will definitely be finding it on podcast, inshallah. And uh, we'll be speaking more about that. Uh, you can find it on www.markasahabaonline.com. You can also find it on our Facebook page, www.facebook uh, forward slash markas dash sahaba dash online dash radio. And uh, inshallah, you can just search Merkar Sahaba Online Radio on Facebook and you pretty much find it. You don't have to type it into the hyperlink, but very important information emanating from Nigeria now as far as the so-called, I'm saying so-called Muslim schools, because they are not. Right, let's continue what's uh, happening uh, and, and to find out what's happening in uh, South Africa as well. And there's quite an interesting article. I love this. I love these pieces, uh, which uh, gives us a thought of the writer. And you can tell us what you think. Oh, eight four seven eight six three one three two. Oh, eight four seven eight six three one three two. Tell us what's your thoughts. Also, don't forget our new number here on Merkaz Sahaba Online. Oh one one eight five four. 2990 such an easy number to remember i can't handle how easy it is it's like a discount you know people love discounts so uh when you see that number oh it's uh oh one one eight five four twenty nine ninety it's like our number is on discount uh but anyways inshallah let's continue to talk let's let's listen to this article right listen to the um the title here and tell us if it grabs your attention and what you think it says a year later Silrama Posa's 100 billion infrastructure fund is still not operational. Here's what's been happening, uh, says uh, James de Villiers of Business Insider South Africa. President Silrama Posa's planned giant infrastructure fund, first announced in his economic stimulus and recovery plan, 
has not been launched a year after it was first announced. At its September 2018 announcement, Ramaphosa said the fund will fundamentally transform the state's approach to infrastructure projects. The infrastructure fund is due to reduce the current fragmentation of the infrastructure spend and ensure more efficient, effective use of resources. Now, during his State of the Nation address in February, Ramaphosa said the state had committed to contribute 100 billion rand into the infrastructure fund over a 10-year period. And in his June sonar, Ramaphosa said the fund will give a much-needed boost to the construction uh, industry and that private investors such as pension funds are enthusiastic about participating in the fund. Now, in response to questions from Business Insider South Africa, Ramaphosa spokesperson Kusela Diko said an announcement about the fund's establishment and first projects will only be made at the in uh, the investment conference in November. Now, Diko says a lot of preparatory work had to be completed before the launch of the fund, including studies by the Development Bank of Southern Africa on how to leverage the private sector expertise and capital in an effective and sustainable manner. She said an interim head of the Infrastructure Fund Implementation Unit has also been appointed to drive the setting up of the unit without, uh, within the DBSA, and the National Treasury is expected to soon realize the allocated funds to the fund begin its work, says Dico. So that's a question you might be asking because I remember it is quite a hard campaign by Sil Ramaphosa, quite an uplifting campaign uh, when Ramaphosa came into power and uh, giving everybody hope and people asking questions and thinking the time is right uh, for change. But uh, is it really and how long will we have to wait? Right, let's continue with news. Uh, let's uh, step across the border of South Africa as well. And we're going to be talking about Turkey's military operation in Syria. Uh, let's give you all the latest update. Now, heavy fighting is continuing as Turkey presses ahead with its military operation against Kurdish fighters in northeast Syria. Now, in its seventh day, President Recep Erdogan says the offensive aims to remove the Kurdish-led forces from the border area and create a safe zone to which millions of Syrian refugees can be returned. The move came after the United States announced it was withdrawing its troops from the area, leaving the Syrian Democratic Forces its main ally in the battle against the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant Armed Group without U.S. military support. Now, the UN is urging Turkey to investigate executions in Syria. Turkey could be deemed responsible for summary executions by an affiliated armed group of captured Kurdish fighters and a politician, acts that may amount to war crimes, says the United Nations. Now, Rupert Colville, the spokesperson for the UN Human Rights Office, says video footage appeared to show executions of three Kurdish captors carried out by Ahrar al-Sharqiya fighters affiliated with Turkey on the highway between Hasake and Manbij on October the 12th. Now, the UN had received reports that Havran Khalaf, a Kurdish politician, was executed on the same highway by the same group on the same day. And um, Colville told uh, a news briefing that Turkey could be deemed responsible as a state for violations by their affiliated groups as long as Turkey exercises effective control of these groups or the operations in the course of which those violations occurred. He says they're urging the Turkish authorities immediately to launch an impartial, transparent and independent investigation and to apprehend those responsible, some of whom should be easily identifiable from the video footage they themselves shared on social media. Now, Russian troops are patrolling the front lines between Turkish and Syrian army positions outside Manbij in a bid to keep the force separate. 
no one is interested in potential fighting between Syrian government troops and Turkish forces, Russia's envoy for Syria, Alexander Lavrientiev, told Russian state news agencies that Russia is not going to allow it. A video posted online by Russian journalists traveling with the country's soldiers, meanwhile, showed what happened to be an abandoned outpost where U.S. troops had been stationed earlier. Now, Berlin, Germany's authorities call for calm after clashes between Turkish and Kurdish communities in the western city of Han over Ankara's offensive in northeastern Syria. Police say at least five people were injured in fights between the two communities late on Monday. Uh, he says they have a responsibility to prevent the conflict in the region becoming a conflict in their society in Germany. Integration Commissioner Annette Widman Maus told the Funke newspaper group, uh, saying they expect all sides, especially migrant organizations, religious communities, to take responsibility and contribute to restraint. Now, Russia's defense ministry says Syria's government forces have taken full control over the city of Manbij and nearby settlements. Russia's forces are continuing to patrol border areas along the line of contact between Syrian and Turkish forces. And um, the U.S.-led coalition fighting ISIL in Syria said it pulled out all of its troops from Manbij, which is now controlled by the Syrian government forces. So, there we go, dear listeners. Omar Kasahaba, currently what's happening in Syria and uh, we'll continue to be bringing you the latest news. It's time for us to go for a break, and we're going to be waiting for our brother, Alameen Templeton.